Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ring of Podcast Network, presented by Major Domo Media. Today is going to be a micropod. We haven't done one in a while. This Thursday's guest is going to be John Heileman, the political commentator, TV journalist, a good friend of mine. But today we're going to have a quick talk about UFC 229 with Khabib McGregor as the headliner. I was there. I don't usually attend these things. And I had read on Twitter that Kevin Clark of The Ringer, he covers all the football here, was there as well. And I just needed to talk to someone else to sort of like unpack probably what was the craziest, most insane sporting event I will ever participate in. And if you don't know, there was sort of a melee after Khabib beat McGregor. I'm not a massive USC fan, but I just went to sort of check it out because I was there for work anyway. And it turned out to be something that I won't really forget maybe ever. And uh, let Kevin Clark describe what happened. I'm with Kevin Clark, and we are going to talk quickly about the Khabib McGregor UFC fight that happened last weekend. I found out on Twitter that you had attended the fight as well. I bought a ticket. I have not purchased a ticket for a sporting event in a while. And if it is, it's an Orlando Magic game. So this is the first non-Magic game I've purchased a ticket to in a long time. And your first UFC fight? No, I've been to a few. Actually, just because of my travel schedule, I've actually been to three pay-per-views this year. The Stipe Nganu fight was right before the AFC Championship game. So there have been a couple even this year that I've gone to. So you know a lot about the UFC. I know yeah. relatively little. I've been to maybe like two or three fights. I watch it occasionally. And uh, I had little to no idea. I knew I knew nothing when I said... Uh, Khabib's hopefully not going to like knock him out or something. Someone's like, you're an idiot. He's not going to knock him out. He's not going to knock him out, right? right? That's how little I knew about everything that was happening. I've just been too busy. I was a bit surprised at, first of all, the crowd at T-Mobile Arena. In what way? It was definitely Irish and Chechen and then spectators in between. The energy there was unlike anything I've ever been around. I mean, I've been to NBA finals and stuff like that, but this was... I can't really describe it. There was just a tension in the air that is not normal for a sporting event. You go to a Super Bowl and it's there's too many, you know, MasterCard executives there to make it really a tension-filled arena. So it was a very uh, unique experience from that perspective. Khabib's from Dagestan, which yeah. is like hardy, hardy warrior mentality, fighters, world-class wrestling comes from there, fighters. He wrestled a bear when he was four years old. <laughs> that Everyone keeps thinking that's a joke. My editor the other day, I said, oh yeah, this Khabib guy, he wrestled a bear when he was four years old. And then the next day, he's like, dude, I thought you were joking. And then I looked it up and he wrestled a bear when he was four years old. Someone you don't want to mess with and he's 27 and 0. Yep. And McGregor in the pre-fight ceremonies was throwing a lot of shade at him. Talking ridiculous stuff about his country, his people. Yeah, this is McGregor's MO. You know, when he fights Jose Aldo, he talks about his life in the favelas. I mean, he really cuts to, he will bring geopolitical things into it. And the interesting thing with Khabib was that because he is sort of adjacent to the Chechen dictator, who is pretty brutal, he has connections there because, you know, of all of the, the Russia stuff that's happened over the past couple of years. Everything McGregor said, which is normal McGregor, became a bigger deal because of all the geopolitical tensions, I guess. And that, I think, was a healthy reason as to why there was tension in the air at Timo. Would you agree? Yes. And also, McGregor had not fought an MMA match in two years. I think everybody was nervous to see what it looked like. But also, 
I don't think anyone knew was going to happen. I mean, the way I viewed this fight, you know, there's an old thing in the history books, right, where a great man is a sentence, not a paragraph, okay? And that's sort of the way I viewed this fight. It's a sentence. If you describe why everyone's excited for the Chiefs-Patriots game next week, it would take me like 45 seconds at minimum to describe why it's exciting. But this fight was the best striker on the planet, the guy who punches the hardest on the planet, was going against the guy who wrestles better. And they're just going to beat the shit out of each other. Go. And that was what was so exciting, and no one knew what was going to win out. So not only do you have the Irish and the Russians and all of that tension, but you also just have the, the sporting aspect of it. It was the perfect storm in a way. I don't even know how to describe what happened. Like, obviously, Khabib, I think, sort of beat the shit out of McGregor. Yeah. Manhandled him. And then he choked him out in the fourth. I wasn't even planning to go to this damn thing. Okay. I was there for work. And I had a couple friends that I knew that had amazing seats and they had an extra ticket. I was like, sure, I'm, I'll go to this thing. I didn't realize I was going to be front row with the fence where Khabib jumps off. And I'm literally like- so Were you in front of Drake? I don't know. I'm okay. literally where the railing is. I'm yeah. there. And um, <laughs> to the right of me is Tony Robbins. Right. He would sort shit out very quickly if he needed to. Yes, he's a massive, He's the tallest guy man. there. And when Khabib chokes him out and he heads towards the fence and he's yelling something, I don't know what he's yelling at. And he throws his mouthpiece. Mouth and to me, it seems like he's yelling at Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on here? Little did I know that he's yelling at that guy, Dylan. The, the jiu-jitsu coach. From the Bellator guy that has some nasty things he said about mm -hmm. Khabib. And then next thing I know, he comes around towards the entrance to the right. And Khabib's already on top, strutting like Jimmy Superfly Snuka, and then launches off. Lands directly on him and starts throwing haymakers at him. And I wish I had a camera because I had the perfect shot Ugh. of how he just flew over everyone. And then just like, it was like time stopped. No one knew what the fuck was going on. Was he like resting on the fence for a while? Because it seemed no. like he was. Or was so, it instant? So what happened, so I have not watched any replays because I don't want to. I want everything burned in my memory to stay there. Well, the way it looked was that Khabib wanted to fight McGregor after the bell. Uh, That's what it looked like. And Herb Dean, the referee, pushed him away. As soon as the tap-out happened, you saw Khabib's crew— And you knew the tap-out was there, like yes. right when he got on the back. Yeah, Connor did not have a good ground game in this particular fight. We sort of knew that going in. But as soon as the tap-out happened, I saw Khabib's crew act in a way— His coaches, they were happy, but they looked like they were ready to just jump into— Yeah, it was— it was not a normal post-fight reaction. So Khabib then moves to the other side of the ring, and I just see him start yelling at his team. I don't know who he's yelling at at that point. I was probably 25 rows behind you. And he very quickly climbed the cage, and then he just jumps out and basically drop kicks himself into to Dylan Dennis and, and then the rest of McGregor's crew, and then just punches the throne. It was a very quick... <laughs> I mean, it took less than three seconds for him to decide, I'm going to do That's this. It's funny, because for me, it felt like an eternity. All I know next is it just seemed forever for people to come to this like scrum of humans and it turned into a larger scrum. It felt like 50, 60 people. And the only thing I saw was, was it Khabib's brother running into the ring and throwing punches at McGregor who was still recovering. Yeah. So what, what, were, what were you doing during that? Were you backing up? No, I was afraid that the stand was going to collapse because people okay. were like pushing and it was sort of like temporary pandemonium and fear. It was exhilarating and terrifying simultaneously. No one knew what was happening. They yeah. didn't know if the fight was going to come through. Yeah. The I don't know if TV, and I haven't seen the replays, can pick up that sense of what the fuck is going to yeah. happen. It was the craziest event I've ever been to. And, and it wasn't at that moment. It was when I saw two guys in street clothes punching Conor McGregor. 
That was <laughs> that was where it went from. Because I've been to events where there's a fight that spills into the stands or whatever. It happens, you know, once a year. And that was kind of like a, wow, what the fuck's going on here? And then when I saw two guys in street clothes sucker punching Conor McGregor, I was like, we're going to have a full-blown riot and this is going to be an extremely dangerous situation. I thought that it was sort of a normal post-fight melee after. I've seen that in boxing before. But when guys in street clothes were climbing into the ring, right. that's when I thought this is going to become an arena-wide thing. You couldn't distinguish who was on what side other than like right. Khabib's crew versus McGregor's crew. But you're right. There were other people just in the mix. I saw other USC fighters running yeah, in as Daniel well. Daniel Cormier, Luke Rockhold. Yeah. And uh, I was fearful that someone was going to do something terrible. Yeah, I agree. I, because of the harshness of the words, I would not have, I don't want to say I wouldn't have been surprised. If something extremely bad had happened to Conor McGregor because of what had been said before the fight, that, that seemed to be on the table, let's say, when two guys with street clothes were in the octagon with him. It seemed pre-planned. It was too WWE to me. Yes. A little bit. But when I see the cops rushing in, because they yeah. were late, and then like it's like a rugby scrum. Yeah. They were like chasing, like a, trying to get a loose fumble. Yep. And I was like, this is terrifying. <laughs> it was horrifying. My wife was like, should we run out of here? And I said no, because I thought on the concourse it might be even more dangerous because you're in tight, confined spaces and you have a lot of Russians and Irish and you'd have them in close quarters. And I was just worried there would be kind of riots on the concourse. But it was definitely the only time I've had to consider my own safety at a sporting event. <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, you, you especially, you were right there. I, so what happened was like all of this, pandemonium's happening, I get pushed out of the way. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on by here? By Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins security guards. Oh, wow. They're taking care of They're they, taking they, care of him. They're like, you know, he's basically treating him like he's a president. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to follow this yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like hiding behind Tony, but that was unequivocally one of the strangest things I've ever experienced. And then the feeling of, as you say, fear leaving a stadium yeah. because people were just pissed. Yeah. It was very, I felt like it was uh, like the Warriors, the movie. It was like you had like gangs of people everywhere. People were drunk. And I didn't understand how we were going to get out of there. One of my first 10 thoughts when that started to happen was, okay, what's my safety? What's our safety? But then how are the celebrities going to cope with this? You had Matt Damon down there, Chris Pratt, Tony Robbins, Oh, you didn't see, they, they were gone. Rory McIlroy. Rory bailed? Everybody bailed? I I looked to my left and- by the time it all happened, most of the team, I'm sure if you watch a video, they were not there. That's a smart move They weren't move watching them, it, right? That's a smart move by them. Definitely, they were gone. Dana White said this, the governor of Nevada ran out. He just ran out during the, riot, the, the mini riot. Do you think that that's the craziest thing that you ever, will ever see at a sporting event? I think it'd be hard to top. I think it'd be hard to top because of all the, the months of buildup. Conor McGregor throwing a dolly through a, a bus. This was going to explode. Everybody... In the MMA world on Friday was like, this is going to turn into a riot. And then it did. And the fact that it wasn't a bigger one is actually a surprise because of just how it built up. But I think, yeah, I don't know how you can possibly top. You know, I've been in a bunch of Super Bowls where, you know, there's a big comeback or whatever. And it's like, wow, this is insane. But I'm never like, wow, I'm going to die. <laughs> when the Falcons blew a 25-point lead, I wasn't like, how am I going to get out of this situation? Yeah, and I, I came back and I met some of my friends that didn't attend. And they were like, what's wrong? Yeah. And they're all looking on their phones, looking at the clips of everything. And they're like, no, I was there. Yeah. And I'm literally like five, 10 feet away from all this stuff. 
And it took a while to come down from that adrenaline rush type thing. It was like, what happened? I just attended a sporting event. Why am I feeling like I was in the game? Let me ask you a question. Are you more or less into UFC after that event? That's a good question. The brutality is insane when you're actually there. And I've been to some. I've seen John Jones win his first championship. That mm -hmm. was insane. I like it, but there's something I feel so guilty about enjoying it. It is too insane sometimes. Like the... What was the 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 fight where that guy was doing crazy kicks and doing like Pettis Ferguson? Oh man, that was amazing. That to me was like, oh man, I could watch this all the time. Yeah, it was that, unbelievable. That was, that was video game shit. I, I couldn't believe that guy was. Yeah, I don't even know what he was doing. That's his thing. Like that's Pettis, right? Yes, yeah, Pettis. He was getting the crap knocked out of him, but every like forty five seconds, he would just stand on his hands and do a kick. So don't you feel somewhat guilty? Like, it's not like Bach. I don't know. I I have yet to like come to terms with how I feel about UFC. There's something primal about it. I'm like. I like this, but I'm also like, this is really dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I think because there's a bunch of different disciplines that go into it, it's not just getting your head knocked off all the time like it is in boxing. I also don't think because it's such a new sport, we've seen the aging patterns of boxers and it's not good. No. And we don't know what a 70-year-old UFC fighter looks like. And I do think that is kind of saving our conscience a little bit. We right. don't, there's no Muhammad Ali for UFC where, where we just saw what the sport did to him. And so I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch. But I do think because, you know, Khabib is not going to take much head damage because he just tackles guys, then hits them. And I do think there's a preservation angle to that because of it. It's not as brutal as boxing. I love boxing, too. I love both those sports. I'm going to show you a photo. That's me and Daniel, and Daniel Cormier. Cormier. Two champs. And, and I'm bigger than he is. Yeah. I couldn't believe how he's not tiny. But like, yeah. how is it? You have to remember. Conor McGregor and Khabib, who look like absolute monsters and could beat the crap out of both of us, are 155 pounds. I mean, Cormier's had to make weight at, what, 205? Something like that? But I mean, he's, he's battling guys that are way bigger than 185? Him. Yeah, oh, and yeah. taller. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he fought so, a so heavyweight. Like, he was a light heavyweight and moved up to heavyweight. Yeah, so when I saw that size, I was like, oh, this guy's in, he's an insane person. Yeah. He doesn't look extraordinarily athletic, but he's one of the most athletic people talk about, I guess, in UFC. And his arms weren't very... I just no. couldn't understand how this man could beat the shit out of everyone else. There's a lot to it. It involves a lot of different disciplines. It involves being good at four or five different types of fighting. That's why I kind of think MMA is a little cooler than boxing because there's a lot of different routes to success. You right. know, oh, you can be a jujitsu guy. You can be a Muay Thai guy. You know, you can just be a puncher. That's what's really interesting to me. So Cormier can do a lot of different things and that's why he doesn't... I mean, I heard talk last week. Someone was saying Conor McGregor is not a great athlete. He would not be good at other sports. And you realize that, you know, MMA is just a different beast. Is it too bro-y of a sport, mm. right? In this day and age for it to get like mass appeal? Because when I tell people I was going to USC fight, people are like, really? <laughs> Still, it's like a very polarizing thing. Yeah. But people love it. Yeah, the fan base, it's, it's really interesting. I don't really know all that many sort of intellectual MMA fans. There are, there are, <laughs> I, there are a handful. They're out there. But, you know, you think about boxing and all these people, you know, there's such great literature on boxing and all this stuff, kind of similar to baseball, where it was great in the 1920s. It was a great literary tradition, you know, Norman Mailer, George Plimpton, all that stuff. That just hasn't happened with MMA. And maybe it's just because it's a young sport. It's a young people's sport. The average young person is a bro. And I think that's the problem. There's no 50-year-old dads who really like it at this point. It hasn't aged up like that. Right. Well, I was excited. I didn't realize that you're going to be my UFC guru. Correspondent? Explain, yeah, to tell me everything. But when I found that you were there, I was like, man, 
I have to ask him, was that the craziest fucking was, thing he's ever absolutely. attended? I just had no idea what was going to happen. And I was like you. When those two guys got in the ring, I got legitimately scared that this was going to get into a very dangerous situation. And it did. It did. <laughs> but nobody died. Nobody no one died. Nobody. The three guys who were arrested were released because Connor didn't want to press charges. And I'll just be honest. Like, I feel guilty because I found the whole thing so fucking exhilarating. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. it was like, whoa, I've never felt like this before in my life. I feel like everybody who was involved, it was kind of a victimless crime in this regard. Everybody who was involved sort of signed up for that because Dylan was talking shit to Khabib. Khabib jumped out of the ring. That sort of, once Connor threw the dolly in, in April in Brooklyn, all of this was sort of like, you know, we're outside the octagon. And those, you know, I don't think Connor should have gotten sucker punched or anything like that. I don't think Connor brought the, a riot on himself. But I think everyone had sort of agreed with the words that were exchanged, the dolly was thrown the last couple months, that if this spilled outside the octagon, that's not unexpected. All right. So this was our little micropod about the last, was it UFC 239? 229. 229. All right. Done. 